today. Are you good? You look good. Hey, my name is Allie, and I'm the discipleship pastor here, and I represent the girl squad up here. No, honestly, we sit on the stage, stand on the stage with amazing communicators. Pastor Kyle, phenomenal communicator, does an amazing job. Can we just give it up for our pastors? Solid. Hey, I'm so excited to be with you today. And before I even get started, I wanna highlight Crew Week. We have Crew Week this upcoming week. And maybe you wonder, what is Crew Week? And I wanna give you a little bit of information. Crew Week is where you build connection and relationship. You get to know one another and you get to do life together. If you are not a part of a crew, can I encourage you, check out our crews. You can go online, you can check them out. You can stop at the tent and someone will help you and let you know what amazing crews we have. Hey, it's where we do life together. How many know that life together is better than life alone? It's how God designed it. So it's an amazing opportunity just for you to connect outside of a Sunday morning. So check out our crews. Super excited for crew week. Get in a crew this week and you're gonna have a great time. We are in a freedom series. How many of you have enjoyed the freedom series that we've been in? It's amazing. It's been a good summer series, and we're about to wrap it up. We have a couple more weeks left, but what I want to tell you is that if you have enjoyed the Freedom Series, we have Freedom Courses that we do coming this fall that we're going to do, and this Freedom Series that we've been preaching on is just scratching the surface of the actual Freedom Curriculum. So I want to encourage you that if you've liked this and you were like, hey, I want to I want to do more, the, the real kind of secret sauce of the Freedom Curriculum is sitting in a small group, doing it together, talking about it together. And so I want to encourage you, if this series has been good for you, check out our freedom courses that are going to be coming in the fall. But today, Pastor Kyle said, Allie, I want you to preach on the power of words. And I said, dear Jesus. <laughs> I thought, what am I, going to t- what am I going to title this message? The power of words. So I'm going to title this message. I'm, I, I like a good title. I, it irritates me when we start preaching and there's no title. I love, I love a good title. I love some points and scriptures. So I'm gonna title this message, Watch Your Mouth. Can you say, watch your mouth? <laughs> and everybody said, amen. Okay, Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's living, that it's active, and that it's available to us. And I pray today that we would lean into what you have to speak to us. God, that distractions or other things that are going on would just go to the side and we would be able to hear what you have for us today. God, I pray that it would be your words, not my words, and that we would hear from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever gotten yourself in trouble with words? Have you ever gotten yourself in trouble with words? You know when you say something and it comes out and you're like, no, 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 come back, come back. Kind of the most common one I've heard a lot, and, and if you're still doing this, you've gotta, we've gotta learn. Maybe you say to a pregnant wo- a woman, hey, when are you due? All to hear that she's not even pregnant at all. 
That's a really, really bad one. Um, another story I heard is I, I used to work with a girl who had a hair appointment one day that she was going after work to get her hair done. So she told her husband, I'm gonna go get my hair done after work and then I'll see you later for dinner when I get home. So she got to work that day and the hairdresser called and canceled her appointment and she said she was sick. And so she said, okay, no big deal. I'll run some errands. I'll do the appointment later. So she canceled the appointment. She went and did her errands and she went home. And when she walked in the door, her husband said, oh my gosh, your hair. It looks so good. I see the highlights you put in them. They're, you took a little bit of length off too. All to find out she never got her hair done. I think he was trying to retract his words. One of a more personal story for me and Blake, Blake and I got married 17 years ago and we got married, we had a beach destination wedding and we had several pastors that were involved in our wedding. And this one pastor, his job was to pray for us during the ceremony, kind of like right before they announced us man and wife, it was gonna be a really, really special, powerful prayer. And that was his one job. I won't, I won't mention his name. He comes up and he goes to pray for us and it's, it's just a powerful moment. We're getting ready to be husband and wife. It's so powerful. And just to give you a little context, there's a scripture that says, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And when he goes in to pray for us, he says, Blake and Allie, you are the tail and not the head. You are below and not above. And it was in that exact moment that Blake and I looked at each other and pretty much that's why we have our problems. I mean, we're gonna get our prayer team to pray for us after. Words matter. Have you heard, you've heard the myths kind of talk is cheap? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. How about this one? This is a really fun one for any middle school teachers here. I'm rubber and you're glue, and whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Think before you speak. My mama said, don't say anything unless I have something nice to say. The one that always drove me crazy was when someone said, when life gives you lemons, make, no, I don't wanna make lemonade. I wanna take that lemon and scorch you in the eye because I'm mad because I didn't get my way. So I realized that I need this message more than anyone in this room. Jesus help me. Did you, did you have the parent that washed your mouth out with soap? Were your parents the one that took the bar of soap and like scrubbed it on your tongue? There's like still soap in your taste buds right now? Or did you have the parent that like squirted it in? They just like squirted and they said, swish your mouth. Swish. I never, I never got my mouth washed out with soap. I, I had an older sister and I learned everything through her. She got her mouth washed out with soap. She got all the behavioral issues. I was perfect child. So I didn't deal with any of that. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of your words. James 3, 5 says, likewise, the tongue is small part of the body, but it makes a great boast. See, if you turn to your Bible in James chapter three, James is giving us a warning. Your Bible might even say taming of the tongue. He's giving us a warning in James chapter three, and he gives us three examples he gives us three vivid images that he wants us to understand about the power of our tongue. And I wanna kinda of go through those examples. The first example that he gives us is a bit. And it's a, a little silver metal thing that sits inside a horse's mouth, so if you're riding a horse. 
Anybody in here ride horses? No horse riders, my goodness. Okay, I see one. You don't wanna ride a horse without that in its mouth because the bit controls the direction in which the horse goes. Caroline and I started riding horses a couple times this year and we got on it and I'm telling you right now, you don't want to get on the horse without that little piece of metal inside his mouth because it determines the direction the horse goes. The next example that James gives us is a rudder and it's a very thin blade that goes under a ship or a boat. I don't know if you've seen any cruise ships lately, they're football fields long, football fields long. They have carousels on them. They have amphitheaters on them. They're huge, they're massive. But there's a small blade underneath the ship that steers the ship, that gives it the direction on which it should go. And then the third example that he gives us is a spark. A spark, though caused by a quick strike, can set off wildfires and forest fires. You see, the tongue controls the direction of our life. And every time that you and I open our mouths and talk, we're either advancing the kingdom of life or the kingdom of death. And I don't know if we realize that, but every time we open our mouth, we're either advancing the kingdom of life or the kingdom of death. So your greatest enemy is not your job that you can't stand or your spouse that gets on your nerves or that person that drives you crazy. No, your greatest enemy is this three-inch muscle in your mouth that can destroy you more quickly or other people quicklier than anything else. You believe you the most. So the words that come out of your mouth, you believe them. I listen to the podcast of Ali Carell more than anyone else. And it's very, very scary. James is giving us a big warning. There are dozens of scripture throughout the Bible that talk about the power of our words and the power of our tongue. We speak on average 7,000 words a day. Doesn't matter that that's just females. We speak on average, it's an average of 7,000 words a day. And I think that that's a lot of words. And I think it's okay for today that we stop and we put a little bit of attention to the words that are coming out of our mouth. Today I wanna share a couple things that I've tried to apply to my life. Something I feel like God's put on my heart to help me with the power of my words. So today, this message is titled, Watch Your Mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. It's, not, it's only acceptable if the, the person on stage tells you, right? You've been wanting to say that to your spouse for a while. It's just not acceptable. Number one is guard. To guard is the act or duty of protecting or defending. The act or duty of protecting or defending. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. In Psalms 143, David is writing and he sets this, he, he writes this scripture and it says, set a guard over my mouth. Set a guard over my mouth. Help me. I think David realized that we were speaking 7,000 words a day and he asked God, set a guard over my mouth. So today I wanna ask you, what are you letting in your heart? Are you protecting it? Are you protecting what comes in? Your time, your resources, your money? 
Are you protecting what you're letting come in your heart? It's, it's the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. You and I serve a God who cares about our heart. He cares so deeply about our heart. There, there's a Bible story that I love. I've spoken on it before, but it's a story of the woman at the well. And, and the bottom line is this woman was dealing with immorality. She was dealing with sin in her life. And she stops to get water at the well and Jesus has an encounter with her. And what I love so much about this story is that Jesus sat down and he had a conversation with her. He, he wasn't worried about her immorality. He was worried about her heart. You and I don't serve the God of behavior modifications. We don't serve the God of behavior modifications. We serve the God of the heart transplant. He's worried about your heart because if he could get to her heart, if he could speak to her heart on why she was doing what she was doing or where she was, her immorality would have been fixed. You and I serve the God of heart transplant. I think one of the things that I've noticed in my life that distracts me so much from guarding my heart and guarding my mouth is hurt, is hurt. You've heard the saying, hurt people, hurt people. It's true, it's true. What's inside your heart? What have you allowed to come in? What has someone said to you that you've partnered with, that you've believed, that you've taken on that identity? There's a nursery rhyme and it goes like this. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men could never put Humpty together again. Nobody can put your heart back together like Jesus. Nobody can heal your heart but Jesus. How can I guard my mouth? The word seems like an easy answer but it is the answer. It is the answer, the word of God, time in prayer, the people you surround yourself with. You see, you and I have to make a decision today to stand guard. We have to stand guard of what comes out of our mouth. No one's gonna do it for you. You can't hire a security team to stand guard over your mouth and stop everything that comes out of it. No, we have to choose to stand guard we have to choose to stand guard, to protect and defend what's coming out of our mouth. You know, one of the best ways we, we can do that with our heart is we have to stand guard and protect what comes in, but we also have to protect what we dwell on. Because that's where, that's where it happens, right? That's where bitterness comes in, doubt comes in, fear comes in, worry when you're dwelling on it. You gotta stand guard. Number two, govern. To exercise continuous authority over. To exercise continuous authority over. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. And quite frankly, we could just end the sermon right there. We could all come up and get prayer and ask for forgiveness and go home and we'd be great. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. Are you building up or tearing down? 
we need to exercise authority over our words. Are you building up or are you tearing down? Right now in this room and online, we are shaping the destiny and identity over our marriages, over our children, over our finances, over our health, by the words that are coming out of our mouth. We're shaping the identity. We're determining where it's going. We need to exercise authority over our words. You see, constant criticism creates constant insecurity. Constant criticism creates constant insecurity. I know this might be a shock to everybody in this room and a shock to myself as well, but not everybody needs to hear our opinions. Not everybody needs to hear our opinions. In other words, you don't need to remind your husband that he's bad at loading the dishwasher. He already knows. He knows. He already knows he's not good at it. Not everybody needs to hear our opinion. You and I live in a world right now that doesn't need any more opinions. You know what it needs? It needs more Jesus. It needs more hope. It needs more love. It needs more peace. It needs more building up and less tearing down. Our world needs more building up. There's a verse in Colossians that says, Colossians 4, 6, and it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you know how to answer each person. Are you building up or are you tearing down? You know, in preschool, when you had the building blocks, the big like kind of life-size blocks, and you would build towers, and there was this one kid, I'm not that kid, but there's the kid sitting in here today, that you would build the tower really tall, and he would walk by your tower, and he would look at it, and he would look at it again, and he might just whoosh, swipe it down, kick it down. Are you building up, or are you tearing down? You know, you might say today, Allie, I'm so good at building up. I, I can build other people. Can you build yourself up? Can you build yourself up? Before your feet even hit the ground, what are the words like? Are you building yourself up for the day? I can do this. God's with me. I have strength today. God lives in me. Or are the words that are coming out of your mouth is, here we go, another day. I'm so exhausted. I can't do this. I don't want to do that. Are you building up or tearing down yourself? You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus gives us the authority in our words. He gives us authority the ability to be able to speak. Are you building up or are you tearing down? The people that are around you, at your job, the lady that's working at Walmart who doesn't really want that job either. She doesn't really wanna be there, but she's doing it to provide for her family and we're frustrated because the checkout line's too long. Are you building up or are you tearing down? You see, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We've got to take every opportunity to govern our words. Encourage, uplift the people around you. We gotta watch your mouth.
You gotta watch your mouth. Number three is guide. Guide is to direct, supervise, or influence. Direct, supervise, or influence. Matthew eleven twenty three 23 says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Are you speaking life to your situation? Are you speaking life to your situations? When I was a kid, we had this devotional book that my parents got us and we would read it each night before bed. And there was this one story in particular that I loved so much. I'm gonna share the story with you today. The story was called The Grumble Glasses. And the story was about a mom and a dad, a son and a daughter. And one day they were getting ready to have dinner and dad called and said, I'm gonna be late from work. And mom was frustrated that dad was gonna be late from work. And the daughter was frustrated because mom said, I need your help getting dinner prepared. And she was complaining. And the little boy was complaining because he didn't want what mom had cooked for dinner. He wanted dino nuggets and fries. Sounds like nobody's house at all. Dad comes home and dad's complaining that dinner's cold. And mom says, well, dinner wouldn't have been cold if you had come home on time. And the little girl was complaining because she didn't wanna have to help clean up. And the little boy was complaining. And before you know it, every single person in the family was grumbling, complaining, being negative. That night when mom went to bed, her heart was unsettled. And the next morning, she got up and she went to the store and she was getting prepared for dinner. And when everybody came home for dinner, in case you wanna know, dad wasn't late the second night, he came on time. Um, when they got there at the dinner table, there was a bowl in the center of the table and inside the bowl were glasses, funny glasses, like googly eye glasses, really weird colors. And mom said, these are called the grumble glasses. And anybody that grumbles has to wear these glasses. And not only do you have to wear these glasses, you have to wear them out. To church, to school, to the store, these are the grumble glasses. So they started dinner and before they even got through the dinner, dad got the grumble glasses. He was grumbling about the grumble glasses. By the end of dinner, everybody had the glasses on and they started laughing at one another. They just realized their words that were coming out of their mouth. You see, we talk about habits all the time. We talk about habits of how we eat, how we sleep, how we exercise. We're Googling all the time how to get eight hours of sleep, how to take my vitamins, how to do all the things that we want good habits in our life. But one thing that really rang true to me is, Allie, do you think about the habits of your words? Do you think about the habits of, the, of your words? 7,000 words a day. Do you, speak, do you think about the habits? If they determine your destiny, if you're either speaking life or death, do you think about the habits that are coming out of your mouth? The scripture in Matthew that I read to you, it says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, how do you speak to your mountain? How do you speak to your mountain? 
How do you speak to your storm? How do you speak to the thing that you're walking through right now? How do you speak to it? Maybe it's a mountain of debt and you don't feel like you're ever gonna get over it. Maybe it's a mountain of health issues and you're scared and you don't know what the outcome is. Maybe it's a mountain of fear after fear after fear. How do you speak to your mountain? Okay, it kind of goes like this. Let's say your mountain is a child that isn't following Jesus. You're believing for him to come to Jesus. So maybe your, your mountain that you're speaking to says, I'm a failure as a mom. I'm not enough. I don't have what it takes. This story is gonna end bad. Does God even see what's happening? What did I do wrong? Or are you speaking to your mountain like, hey, God picked me to be his mom. He could have picked anybody, he picked me. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans that he has for him and that it's a hope and that it's a future and that I've been praying for him since he was one day old and I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna fight and I am not going to speak to my mountain and let you have. Hey, devil, you lose. How we speak to our mountain matters. It matters. It determines the outcome. How you speak to it matters. I've shared this story before about my son not talking. And if I could go back, if 36-year-old Allie could go back to 20-some-year-old Allie, when I was standing with that mountain, I would speak to it differently. I would speak to it differently. How are you speaking to your mountain? Jesus spoke to the storm. We can speak to the mountain. We wanna make sure we're not hindering God's promises from coming to fruition by what's coming out of our mouth. We have a book that's filled with promises and truth. You need to grab that book and you need to read it, and you need to speak life to your situations. You need to speak life to your mountain. And I think what I learned about the situations and the mountains that I've gone through is that it's not just a one-time like, all right, I spoke to my mountain and it's gonna move and we're good to go. No, you gotta continually speak to your mountain. You gotta let your faith arise. You gotta let the Jesus in you come out. His word that's in your heart, let it come out and speak to your mountain. There, there's a, a study that was done at Stanford College. They did a big kind of language study just in general. And the study uh, showed that a relatively harmless statement like boys are better at math than girls has significant impact on children. It brings secure, insecurity and doubt and fear and why even try? If boys are better than math, at math than girls, why even try? If a small statement like that can make such impact, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in Romans 10 that says if you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you're saved. 
from a harmless statement to our words that get us to eternity with Jesus. Words matter. See, you have the power of death or life in the tongue. We don't need a, a, a scientific study to tell us that words matter. In fact, everybody sitting in this room, you know words matter because they've affected you. Somewhere in your life, it's affected you. It's shaped you. It's made you partner with a lie or an identity. Not really who you are. Death and power, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I wanna throw some, some words up on the screen. This comes actually from the Freedom Book. And I want you just to glance at it. The words that come out of your mouth, are they words of life or are they words of death? 7,000 words a day. Words of life and words of death. You know, we, we are human, and I'd like to tell you and stand up here and say that I get all uh, 7,000 words right every day, and that it all falls in the category of words of life, but it's not true. It's not true. But I want to learn to guard, to govern, and to guide the words that are coming out of my mouth. I wanna speak life into my situations. I wanna build up. I don't wanna tear down. I wanna build up. And with God's grace and strength and me just putting a little bit of attention to it. Just like you do the habit of I'm gonna work out. You gotta give it a little bit of attention, right? It's gotta become a priority in your life. What would happen if we made a little bit of a habit out of the words that come out of our mouth? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can do it with God's help. We can build up. We can speak life. Maybe today you would say that you're in here and your, your heart has been hurt. Maybe you would say, someone has spoken something on me that I've taken this identity on. I met with a lady one time and she said, Allie, could you pray for me for something? When I was a kid, my mom told me all the time, she said this all the time, harmless, not meaning anything by it, but when she would mess up or something, she would fall or she would get hurt all the time as a kid, the mom said, you're an accident waiting to happen. And she heard it her whole life. And in her adult life, she got in a lot of accidents, car accidents, she broke her leg, she broke her arm, her, her finger, her wrist. And she said, I feel like I've partnered with that lie, that I'm an accident waiting to happen. And this is just part of my life and part of who I am. I'm gonna have accident after accident and this is just who I am. Can you help me to, to get rid of that lie that I've partnered with? That's not who I am. That's not how God sees me. I've taken those words and I've, I've taken on that identity. Can you, can you pray with me? Can you help me? Words are powerful. 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. And maybe your heart is hurt today. Maybe it's something that happened this morning on the way here, or maybe it's something that happened years ago. But what I wanna tell you is, God can put your heart back together and he can heal your heart. And he wants the opportunity to heal your heart. You don't have to carry what someone has said about you. You're gonna stand guard, you're gonna govern, and you're gonna guide. Can I pray with you today? Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's a guide to us on how to navigate life. And God, something as powerful as the power of our words. God, today I'm asking for each person in this room and each person online that you would help us to guard, to govern, and to guide the words that are coming out of our mouth. Today I pray for each person in here whose heart may be hurting. Maybe it's been words of betrayal, words of not enough, words of accusing statements. And God, I ask right now that you would heal our hearts like no one else can. You are the God of the heart transplant. And I ask right now that you would heal our hearts. And God, as we come to you and ask you to heal our hearts, we're gonna be more like you. And the words that are coming out of our mouth are gonna look more like you, more like your words and your word. God, I thank you. I thank you for each person in here. I thank you that we are gonna bring attention to our tongue, to our words, and the things that come out of our mouth. We honor you and lift you up in Jesus' name, amen.